the Bible Study Podcast, episode 159. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of Acts with chapter 22. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. You may recall that in last week's episode, in Acts 21, we left the chapter with Paul about to address the crowd. So Paul has been in a riot in Jerusalem where they have dragged him out of the temple to kill him because they think he has defiled the temple, and they believe that he has been speaking out against Judaism and telling people not to be Jews. And the Roman soldiers intervene just in time to keep Paul from getting beaten to death. And as they're walking back to the barracks, which is, again, very close to the temple, Paul says, can I get a chance to address the crowd as they're standing on the steps of the barracks? And that's where Acts 22 picks up. Brothers and fathers, listen now to my defense. When they heard him speak to them in Aramaic, they became very quiet. Then Paul said, I'm a Jew born in Tarsus of Cilicia, brought up in this city. Under Gamaliel, I was thoroughly trained in the law of our fathers, and I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. I persecuted the followers of this way to their death, arresting both men and women and throwing them in prison, as also the high priest and all the council can testify. I even obtained letters from them to their brothers in Damascus, and went there to bring these people as prisoners to Jerusalem to be punished. About noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you will be told all that you have been assigned to do. My companions led me by the hand into Damascus, because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment I was able to see him. Then he said, The God of our fathers has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear the words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. When I returned to Jerusalem and I was praying at the temple, I fell into a trance, and I saw the Lord speaking. Quick, he said to me, Leave Jerusalem immediately, because they will not accept your testimony about me. Lord, I replied, these men know that I went from one synagogue to another to imprison and beat those who believe in you. And when the blood of your martyr Stephen was shed, I stood there giving my approval and guarding the clothes of those who were killing him. Then the Lord said to me, go, I will send you far away to the Gentiles. So Paul gets a chance to tell the crowd his personal experience, his personal testimony, basically, that he, like them, was zealous for Judaism, was zealous for God, but that he had an encounter with Jesus on the road to Damascus. And certainly they have probably heard this story of this well-known persecutor of Christians or this well-known persecutor of the way, as it's still largely known, who is converted to Christianity, who becomes a Christian, who has this experience on the road to Damascus. And 
but he gets a chance for the but he gets a chance for any who may not have heard him to tell them this story again how he was a student of one of the greatest teachers in Judaism of Gamaliel who was a student of Hillel and then he tells them the step by step about his going to Damascus being struck seeing a bright light being struck blind being told that it, this is Jesus receiving a sight at the prayers of Ananias and then coming back to Jerusalem but you'll notice that that last sentence, he said, I will send you away to the Gentiles. Now that is going to be a key phrase. The chapter continues. The crowd listened to Paul until he said this. Then they raised their voices and shouted, rid the earth of him. He is not fit to live. As they were shouting and throwing off their cloaks and flinging dust into the air, the commander ordered Paul to be taken into the barracks. He directed that he be flogged and questioned in order to find out why the people were shouting at him like this. As they stretched him out to flog him, Paul said to the centurion standing there, is it legal that you flog a Roman citizen who hasn't even been found guilty? When the centurion heard this, he went to the commander and reported it. What are you going to do, he asked. This man is a Roman citizen. The commander went to Paul and asked, Tell me, are you a Roman citizen? Yes, I am, he answered. Then the commander said, I had to pay a big price for my citizenship. But I was born a citizen, Paul replied. Those who were about to question him withdrew immediately. The commander himself was alarmed when he realized that he had put Paul, a Roman citizen, in chains. So, Clearly, the key word, the touch word that started the riot all again is Gentiles. That Paul is being associated with the Gentiles when he says that he has been called to preach to the Gentiles, the crowd goes crazy again. And so they brought him inside, and you notice that the way they're going to question him is they're going to flog him. Because God forbid that we should actually just ask questions of him first, but that's just standard operating procedure until they realize he's a Roman citizen. And a Roman citizen, and this will affect the whole rest of the book of Acts, the Roman citizen has special rights and privileges, and most people within the Roman Empire are not citizens. But Paul is because he has inherited this from his father. Once you become a citizen, your children would be citizen, and you would have different rights. A Roman citizen has to be found guilty before punished. Everybody else, not so much. And we saw that in Philippi, when Paul was beaten, and then it came out that he was a Roman citizen, and they were in trouble. And so they tried to get him quietly out of town before people realized that they had unjustly punished a Roman citizen. So it's his citizenship that actually will eventually end up with Paul in Rome through an interesting series of events that we will see in the rest of the book. Continuing on, the next day, since the commander wanted to find out exactly why Paul was being accused by the Jews, he released him and ordered the chief priests and all the Sanhedrin to assemble. Then he brought Paul and had him stand before them. Now, once again, those who put in the chapter markers, and I say it that way because when the Bible was originally written, the New Testament in particular, was written without chapter markers, without verse markers, and actually without punctuation, because that's the way that ancient Greek was written. It was written in all in caps and no spaces in between the words. So it was only since then that people discovered that writing is a lot easier to understand if you put in spaces and punctuation. And then after that, people put in chapter markers and verse markers to make it easier to find things and reference things. So the people who put in the chapter markers again left us here hanging with Paul standing before the Sanhedrin. In next chapter, we'll talk about what he has to say. But it's interesting to note that as Luke is recording this story of Acts, he has 24 chapters 
and he is recording several year period. He is dedicating three of those chapters, one-eighth of the entire book, to a one-to-two-day period here when Paul starts this riot in Jerusalem and when he is beaten, arrested, and then I was speaking before the Sanhedrin. So we can tell because of how much time that Luke has spent on this, of his 24 chapters, that he cares a lot about this particular story. So he is not writing, as we said last week, a travel guide. Otherwise, as Paul is sailing back to Jerusalem, he would talk about what the nightlife was like on Cyprus or where you could get a good meal in Ephesus. But instead, what he wants to focus on in this entire book is the story of Paul and particularly of Paul's witness, what it is that Paul had to say because of what Christ had done in his life. Because Luke is spending so much time on this, we understand that this is the central theme in Acts. When we discover those sorts of things, we need to pay particular attention. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. We'll finish this story next week. And if you have any questions, feel free to send them to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or go to thebiblestudypodcast.com and leave a comment on this episode. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. After we do this study, it has been suggested, and I like the idea, to do a study about the Bible and money. What does the Bible have to say about money and how we deal with it? And since I'm not one of those people who is trying to get you to send money, it might be easier for me to talk about money than it is, for instance, when you go to church and they have a stewardship drive or whatever, to look at some of the themes in the Bible and what they have to say about money. So if you have any other ideas for what we should study after that, just let me know. And as always, thanks so much for listening. tired of parenting advice and news headlines that are more confusing than assembling Ikea furniture, we've got just the podcast for you. My dear friend, Abby, and I are here to help you navigate the parenting roller coaster. Should your kids be on social media? What should you tell a friend facing an unplanned pregnancy? These are just some of the many questions we tackle on our podcast. Subscribe to The Real Deal of Parenting wherever you find your podcast.